We'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 27th, 2013. Uh, got quite a bit more to cover, so we're going to get right into this. Next report, blood donations are a potential biohazard from those vaccinated with Gardasil. Now this would, as far as I'm concerned, this would apply to any vaccination. Some vaccinations are worse than others, okay? But the huge wave of serious adverse conditions after receiving Gardasil vaccinations has caused deep concern across the world. However, the suffering may not be limited to those who are vaccinated. Blood donated from individuals vaccinated with Gardasil may have horrific consequences for the recipient's health. Uh, HPV was found in a girl's blood two years after the vaccination, and it should not be present. Isn't that what the Gardasil vaccination is for? Is to prevent HPV, otherwise known as human papillomavirus? Well, sure, but again, that's what I said. It actually gives you many times the very thing that it's supposedly protecting you from. Why do girls need all this protection from genital warts, which is what human papillomavirus is? Why do babies need, newborn babies need a hep B shot, which is only contracted through typically IV drug use when you got a whole bunch of junkies sharing needles or through sexual activity, unprotected sexual activity, high risk? No, we, but the babies need it because, you know, they're, they're promiscuous and they're going around and they're, they're, they're using, um, uh, um, you know, um, they're, they're all heroin addicts, these babies that come out of the womb and, and they, they go to their heroin dens and they share needles with other babies. It, it, it's so asinine, yet it's so obvious that they're doing this to kill us and to destroy and defile the babies at the earliest possible age because Satan hates innocence. He hates innocence, and he wants to defile and destroy it. That's what vaccinations are all about, and that is why they have tripled, quadrupled, whatever they've done to the vaccination schedule since the 80s. It's probably far greater than that. So, it's just insane. Absolute insanity. Normally, the virus should not survive in the bloodstream for long, this human papillomavirus, so why was the human papillomavirus present instead of the antibodies for it from this vaccine? Shocking discovery was made when an independent lab analyzed vials of Gardasil. This is all a referenced article. You can click on the, um, the uh, link at the end to see all the references if you like. Um, anyway, samples of the Gardasil showed that the presence of genetically modified HPV DNA, a potential biohazard, was in it. I told you with these vaccinations that there's, there's foreign-tainted DNA. What was it all about in Noah's day? Totally defiling our DNA through these literal fallen angels that had come down saw the daughters of men that they were fair, took them wives all that they chose, and the wives bore them the Nephilim, the giants, the men of old, the men of renown. The word Nephilim is translated from that word giants in the Hebrew. It means the fallen ones. These things went, they consumed the, the acquisitions of men, they defiled humanity, and it got so bad that God had to wipe the whole world out, including the animals, because they had defiled the animals, just like they're doing today, had to wipe the whole world out and start over again with eight people and the, and the animals on the ark. That's how bad they corrupted the DNA back then. Not to say every 
person or animal's DNA was corrupted in Noah's day, but it was pretty close to it if it wasn't already there. Okay? So, oh, guess what? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, according to Jesus Christ, so we should be expecting the same things. Well, here we have samples of Gardasil showing the presence of genetically modified GMO, HPV, human papillomavirus, DNA. What, I mean, where do I sign up? Talk about defiling somebody from the inside out. Um, vials of Gardasil from 13 different lot numbers were analyzed by an independent lab uh, contracted by a Sanevax, it's the company, Sanevax team. All samples were found to be contaminated with viral HPV DNA residues. You're going to trust Satan to inject something into your bloodstream? Oh, not me. I'm sorry. Now, I understand people, a lot of my listeners didn't know about this. Maybe they're a recent listener. Maybe this is the first time they're hearing it. I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I get it. I was vaccinated as a baby. I think it messed me up pretty good as far as my immune system goes and stuff like that. So I'm not judging you. But I'm saying what they're doing now, it's really, really getting, it's just out of control. Totally satanic, open with their agenda. And um, every, every 13 different lot numbers, okay, were all tested. And they were all, every one contaminated with viral HPV DNA residue. Meaning you could get this genetically modified, probably super human papillomavirus. It was firmly attached to the aluminum adjuvant. Oh, good aluminum that plaques your, your brain up and causes Alzheimer and causes cancer and all kind of other horrific things. Yeah, that aluminum adjuvant. Yep, it was bound to it, meaning they did it on purpose. This is a quote from their findings. All recumbent or genetically engineered DNAs are considered potential biohazards if injected intramuscularly in the body. Meaning, if you somehow consumed it on, like, let's say, some food. The stomach acids would most likely neutralize it. I mean, your stomach's made to operate at a pH of 1.5 to 2.5, which is enough to dissolve nails over time. A literal nail. You nail into a wall. So, yeah, the, the acid content would do that. But when you when you inject it straight into the bloodstream, you know, it, it's, it's a whole other different dynamic. It's not going to be destroyed. Gardasil is the first vaccine found to be contaminated by genetically engineered DNA used to manufacture virus-like particle proteins for the vaccine. This is all part of Satan's agenda, just like it was in Noah's day, to defile our DNA. To change us, literally, so that we're not even human anymore. We're post-human, like the transhumanism agenda wants to push. We got all kind of DNA flowing through our veins now. You know, we got microchips, we got DNA, we got the chemtrail. You know, all this stuff is, is all by design to defile us. So ultimately, we have no opportunity to even get saved because we're not even human anymore. We're, we're some kind of cyborg almost. That's what Satan's ultimate goal is. I'm not saying he's got there yet, but I'm saying this is where this is all heading. You want to know more about transhumanism? Just key that keyword in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done many studies on it. Merck's Gardasil patent, um, patent, uh, I'm sorry, patient product insert originally stated that there was no viral DNA in the vaccine. Well, again, you can trust Satan. 
Sure, they're, they're, they're going to tell you it's all good. After the viral DNA was discovered by an independent lab, the statement mysteriously disappeared from the U.S. product inserts in April of 2011. Oh, imagine that. SaneVax, Inc. believes that both FDA and Merck were at least negligent, at least negligent, no, this is all pre-planned, and perhaps fraudulent when claiming that there was no HPV viral DNA in the Gardasil vaccine. No, they're just liars. That's all it is. Dr. Lee, a pathologist on the medical staff at Connecticut's Milford Hospital, testified, the finding of these foreign DNA fragments in the post-mortem samples um, six months after vaccination, meaning, I guess these girls were all dead uh, six months after the vaccination, they found these foreign DNA fragments in their dead bodies. Okay, It indicates that some of the residual DNA fragments from the viral gene or plasmid injected into the Gardasil may have been protected from degradation in the form of a DNA aluminum complex. See, the aluminum uh, adjuvant is what actually preserved this GMO viral HPV DNA. It's what preserved it. Even even, um, after they were dead. That's how well the aluminum preserved it. Um, so let me just read that last sentence again. This is a little bit technical, but I, I feel like I should still read it because it's, it, hopefully I'll get the gist here. Um, it found that some of the residual DNA fragments from the viral gene or plasmid injected with Gardasil may have been protected from degradation, meaning degrading, in the form of DNA aluminum complexes in the macrophages, or via inter- integration into the human genome. Meaning, this HPV GMO viral DNA, which should not have been in these girls' bodies at all, post-mortem, meaning they were already dead, it was either there for one of two reasons. Number one, it was because it was protected from degradation in the form of a DNA aluminum complex. Meaning the DNA and the aluminum combined, it prevented it from degrading. Or... It was protected because it had integrated into the human genome, meaning it had become part of our own DNA system. That's comforting. That's why I said, I have no idea what these vaccinations are doing to us on a spiritual level. When you get a vaccine injected in your body and it's cultured off an aborted baby, like at least 17 of the vaccines are, like MMR and those types of vaccines. I, I went over all that in the uh, avian flu presentations I give you earlier. You can go watch online. I believe it's more than 17 now. When you have a vaccine culture off an aborted baby that's injected into you, what is that doing to you on a spiritual level? You think it might be bringing a curse on you and you're not even aware of it? Well, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. How much more could you have done for the Lord and not been able to do because you were under that curse and you didn't know about it? Is the point I'm trying to make. I'm all about making, hopefully, helping my listeners to be at their full potential for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my main goal for you. And so, I really, can can you not see how this could be a huge hindering factor in our lives? This is huge. It, it's, it's most likely integrated into the human genome. The DNA, this, this, this tainted, evil, foreign, 
genetically modified DNA from a human papillomavirus, genital warts, integrated into the human genome. Man, that's, that's disgusting. That is defiling us on, I believe, body, soul, and spirit. All three. I'm not saying it would take somebody to make them unsaved if they were saved, but surely it will hinder what you could do for the Lord in some way, shape, or form. Surely you're bringing some type of curse on yourself, whether it's just purely physical. I mean, we're going to look at the, the shape of these girls that they're in. We know it's at least physical. And I believe it's far greater. Of course, that's something I probably will never know. We'll never know until after this whole thing's over, if God chooses to reveal that to us. Undegradated viral and plasmid DNA fragments are known to activate macrophages, which is a part of our immune system, causing them to release um, tumor necrosis factor, which is a myocardial depressant which can induce lethal shock in animals and humans. These are something else that these DNA vaccines can do to us. Based on medical literature and some of FDA and Merck's own publications and uh, coming from an outside source, the DNA in an injectable protein-based vaccine may increase the risk of autoimmune disorders and gene mutation, which may lead to malignancies. So in other words, these vaccines, these DNA vaccines can cause autoimmune disorders. This is why we have all this explosion of autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, like uh, Reynolds syndrome, like lupus, those types of things which were very non-prevalent before the modern day use of, of vaccines. They cause autoimmune and cancer. And then you have the SV40 uh, virus which was um, in the polio vaccines back in the 60s and I believe 70s, that is, it's cancer virus, SV40, because they cultured that thing off green Reese's monkey kidneys, diseased ones. And that SV40 would remain dormant in people sometimes for decades, and then when they got to a certain age or their immune system went down to a certain point, all of a sudden now they got cancer. It's because of the polio vaccine, the SV40 in it. That's a proven fact. You can look that up. Look up SV40 polio vaccine. You know? The real story, or just key that in. I've covered that as well in previous teachings. If the Gardasil vaccine vaccinated donated blood, so if you were, if the Gardasil vaccinated donated blood, these unanswered questions may apply to both the donors and the recipients. Meaning these are questions that they should ask people that, but what about all the other ones that receive vaccines? Maybe it's not as bad, but still. Wouldn't this taint all blood? If we were vaccinated? So these are some questions you could ask to a Gardasil. A person that wanted to donate blood and they had received the Gardasil shot. Number one, is the aluminum-bound recombinant genetically modified HPDNA a new chemical compound with untested toxicity? Does the binding system with aluminum prolong the survival of the recombinant HPV DNA in the bloodstream? If recombinant HPV DNA attached to aluminum adjuvant enters a person's blood, how long will it remain there? Well, these people were dead, and they were finding it still. Which, next question, which autoimmune-related disorders could result from contamination? So, you know, which, which autoimmune disease are you going to get as a result of this? Next question, which genetic changes 
otherwise known as mutagenesis, could occur should the residual HPV DNA enter and begin reproducing in a human cell. Which genetic changes? What happened in Noah's day? Fallen angels, procreating with women, burying them giants. Was that a genetic change that took place? Was that defiling of the human race? Was that trying to destroy the seed line which Jesus Christ would ultimately come through? Yeah, that's why he did it. Because he knew that was going to happen. Satan had foreknowledge. There were, there were, you go to Genesis, uh, I believe, 4 and 3, and, and there's, 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 we can look at that and know that Satan knew that there was going to come a savior that would bruise his head. If he killed all the humans, how could that happen? Which genetic changes could occur should the residual HPV DNA enter, meaning from the, from the Gardasil shot, enter and begin reproducing in a human cell? Whew. That's scary. You know, I'm not feeling human anymore, Mom. I'm feeling post-human. I'm changing. I'm not the same. Because you're not the same. You've got foreign, tainted, cursed DNA entering into your own cells and reproducing. What is that doing to you, body, soul, and spirit? I, I don't know. It's it. It's not good, though. It's really not good. Next question. Is it possible that the contamination will initiate gene mutations, which may lead to cancer? Obviously, yes. This goes on to say, information from the UK... National Health Services explains that after your blood has been collected for donation, it is sent for a testing into a laboratory. Here it is screened for viruses and infections such as HIV and hepatitis. If the blood passes the screening, it will usually be separated into different components. This means once your blood means your blood donation can be used to help several different patients. Once the blood has been separated, it is distributed to hospitals all over the country. From this information, we may definitely deduce that blood will not be tested for genetically modified, recombinant, aluminum-bound HPV and DNA. Blood from several donors may be mixed or pooled together. How sickening. Elements in blood from a Gardasil-vaccinated donor may be given to several recipients. Oh, now what is that doing to you? What if these things can literally reproduce in the cell, like they were saying, and combine with the human genome? And then you get that blood transfused into your system. Oh, man. In some poor countries of the world, the blood is not tested at all. The human consequences may be devastating. Guidelines for assessing blood donor suitability do not currently contain special restrictions regarding blood donation from Gardasil vaccinated. Obviously, this is all by design. Say he wants to kill as many people as possible, defile and taint people. Now, if you are going in for surgery and you have donate your own blood ahead of time and let them use your own blood for you, I don't have a problem with that. But 
this whole transfusion issue, I'm not saying, you know, don't save a life and all that, but there's some other factors here to think about. I've, I've gotten into this before. O- organ donation and the whole nine yards, man. There's some whoo, crazy stuff that happens to these people afterwards sometimes. Um, and my comment is, again, what about all the other plethora of vaccines that could be doing the exact same thing as Gardasil? Maybe not on a, as high of a level, but, you know, they're defiling your blood as well. Here are some official guidelines from well-known organizations on assessing donor suitability for blood donation. On page 64, a list of vaccines, this is from the World Health Organization, on page 64, a list of vaccines is given, including the HPV vaccine, and then this statement is made. These vaccines pose no risk to the recipients of blood, of blood donors may be, um, to the recipients of blood. Donors may be accepted provided they are well. Okay, so what does the World Health Organization think? These are a list of vaccines given, including the HPV vaccine, by which this statement is made, these vaccines pose no risk. To the recipients of blood, donors may be accepted, provided they are well, as long as they're not overtly sick. Hmm. Hosea 4.6. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What does the Australian Red Cross Blood Service say? Question. This is from their official literature. How long after I've had a vaccination or flu shot can I donate? Blood. Okay. Answer, those made from the killed, inactivated, recombinant material generally do not affect eligibility. These include diphtheria, influenza, uh, both seasonal flu, H1N1, swine flu, hepatitis A, (coughs) (coughs) meningococcus, pertussis, whooping cough, pneumococcus, Q fever, tetanus, and human papillomavirus, Gardasil, and others. So in other words... All the vaccines you want, we want your blood. Because we want to spread the wealth. The more you're vaccinated to the gills, the better. That way your blood can be pooled, mixed with other people's blood, and then collectively redistributed so we defile the whole population at a much higher rate than we could currently. Without that. That's the way I see it. UK National Health Services, what do they say? People who cannot donate blood, um, you may not be able to donate blood if you have had certain immunizations within the last four weeks. Oh, big, big whoop. Four weeks? Oh, the fifth week is the magical week. That's the week that all the DNA stops combining with your own DNA, and that aluminum adjuvant just goes away and goes bye-bye. No, that's not the case at all. Your DNA has still been defiled. This statement was, was followed up by sending a polite email message to Dr. David Salisbury, Director of Immunization, Department of Health. And it read, Dear Dr. Salisbury, he's the guy that invented Salisbury's steak, just so you know, just kidding, teasing. Anyway, I understand that blood transfusion units maintain that blood donated from Gardasil vaccinated poses no risk to the blood recipients. Um, I found these guidelines. This was a letter written to him. However, I now read that the fragments of the gene-modified HPV DNA bound to aluminum have been found post-mortem, meaning she's dead, from a girl who had been vaccinated with Gardasil six months previously. My question to you, Dr. Salisbury Stake, is whether there may be harmful health consequences for the recipient of the blood from the donor who has been vaccinated with Gardasil. 
I will be most grateful for your opinion. Best wishes, Mrs. Sandy Lenroe. Only a few hours later, this rather impolite response was received from good old Dr. Salisbury, who said, Dear Mrs. Luneau, I fully endorse the advice of blood transfusion units to ignore receipt of Gardasil in blood donors as it poses no risk to recipients. Spoken by that fork-tongued devil, medical, white-coat-wearing Satanist himself, Dr. Salisbury. Why? Because he says so. And we're just supposed to take whatever the guys with the white coats and the magic prescriptions pads say as the gospel truth, evidently. That's how they act for the most part. I know. I've been around them enough. I am a doctor, but I'm a chiropractor in a different genre, but worked with many MDs and know how that world goes. So, anyway, the report of the fragments of the HPD, HPV DNA from a post-mortem specimen has been the subject of considerable criticism that I am sure you can find for yourself. Meaning, the guy gave no tangible evidence as to why. It's just his demon-possessed opinion as to why. Um, it poses no risk to the recipients if you've been vaccinated with Gardasil, this Dr. Devil said. Dr. Salisbury did not refer to any evidence or studies to support his statement, pose, to pose a statement, uh, to support a statement that it poses no risk to recipients. The same question was sent to the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. Here is their prompt answer. They said, thanks for your inquiry. Vaccination with Gardasil provides no known risk to the blood recipients or the blood donor. Remember, this is a response from Satan. Okay? This is what Satan is going to tell you. Are you going to believe Satan? Okay? That, that's the question you have to ask yourself. The presence of DNA fragments is expected in Gardasil and not evidence of contamination. Based on the scientific information available to the FDA, Gardasil continues to be safe and effective. Oh, it's so safe and effective. We're going to look at that next. How wonderfully safe and effective and what a blessing it has been, particularly to teenage girls um, in this country and elsewhere. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at all the body count and, and all of the horrific things that it's caused. And, and it's just wonderful efficacy and safety record. I'm sorry, I just can't help but be anything but absolutely, unbelievably sarcastic when it comes to this unbelievable information and these lies that these fork-tongued devils are spewing about this. And again, no evidence was given to support the statement the vaccine with Gardasil provides no known risk to the blood recipients or the blood donor. You just tail, take whatever they say and you, you just do it. Because why? They're the guys with the white coats and the magic prescription pads. That's why. That's all you need to know, peasant. Now bow down and worship me. And I've literally been around some MDs that are literally like that. <laughs> Pretty much. So, let's, let's look at this a little bit deeper. Here's the next report. Girl severely damaged by Gardasil recounts horrifying medical ordeal while doctors call her a liar. Okay, this is from Naturally News, Mike Adams, the health ranger. And here, here is this uh, article. Young girls elsewhere everywhere are being permanently damaged by Gardasil. But instead of listening to this evidence of a shocking lack of safety in HPV vaccination shots, the doctors, the vaccine pushers, and the drug companies insist all these young girls are all collectively lying. Oh, this really... <laughs> Read this highly emotional account of what happened to a girl named Ashley Adar from Georgia. 
After she received, here's a picture of her, she's adorable. Uh, after she received the Gardasil shot, it was originally published by samevax.org, a fantastic website covering the damage caused by vaccines. This is the dark side of Gardasil. This is written by this, this uh, teenage girl, Ashley Adar. Here's her story. I'm going to read it to you. Because I think sometimes personal stories like this hit home at a greater level, okay? Um, my name is Ashley Adar. I live in Georgia. I have suffered for five years from the side effects of something I thought would help me. I received the Gardasil vaccine because the people and the doctors all around me kept telling me, oh, this vaccine is the best thing to happen to the medical industry. Can you believe this garbage? The best thing to, to happen to the medical industry? Like HPV is this unbelievable plague Human papillomavirus, genital warts, and we have just got to do everything on the planet because it is such an epidemic, it probably is now because of the vaccine. And, I mean, these are, hopefully there's a whole bunch of girls that aren't having sex. Why would you need this? You know what I mean? And why, you don't even, the thing is, is it's going to spread the very thing it's supposedly uh, saying it's going to protect. Okay? Anyway. Um, I received the Gardasil vaccine because of the, um, they kept telling me, oh, this is the best thing that's happened in the medical industry. Of course, my mom and I fell for it, like many others. I want to let people know about the dark side of this vaccine. Listen to this. Before the HPV vaccine, I was a most energetic child. I went to school for eight hours, then I went to three hours of gymnastics practice, finishing with homework at night. My weekends were filled with gymnastic meets. After gymnastics, I went straight into competition cheerleading. I mean, more, this girl must have more energy than whatever, uh, which were the same hours. I basically lived in the gym. I loved every second of it. I was blessed. Overall, I was a healthy child. This is the, quote, compassion of modern medicine, which is harm young girls with a potentially deadly biological, and then call them liars when they suffer debilitating health consequences. Because this is what the MDs, I mean, just about everyone I've ever been around does. When you get to him, or when he is to be made held accountable for anything, they turn around and make you feel like you're either the idiot or a liar or in need of psychiatric meds because they can't answer your question or because something they gave you or did to you is causing horrific health consequences, which is what happens when you deal with pharmacia, which is where we get the root word for sorcery from. Okay? So what's going to happen. All drugs have side effects. Get a physician's desk reference at any library. Open it up. Most of what you're seeing are contraindications and side effects because you're dealing with things that are deadly. Drugs, just if you don't believe that, just take the whole bottle and you'll die of just about any drug there is. Whereas whole food products, you take a whole bottle of it, at worst, it may give you diarrhea because you've gotten so much of such a good thing that it's cleaning you out, okay? So there's a big difference between the two. Anyway, um, going further, um, <clears throat> and Congress, and this is back to her report, and Congress, for its part, has granted vaccine companies total blanket immunity from all lawsuits just to make sure no one gets their day in court. Absolutely, 100%. They're all in collusion with one another. It's all one big, happy, satanic family. I received my first injection in April of 2008. My injection did hurt more than the normal injection. I had mild soreness and redness after. Now, you have to understand, she's probably had every other vaccine leading up to that point. So this was probably where the tipping point really occurred. Because she was already in a toxic situation. Because of all the other vaccines and just the way that the world is, okay, so if we go further, 
Um, at the time, I didn't realize the symptoms I was having. I had slight fatigue, um, and I would occasionally have a very sore throat. I couldn't stick my tongue out. She couldn't stick her tongue out after the vaccine. That's always good. You know, that's that's normal. Um, and I just threw it off as an allergic reaction to chlorine because I had been swimming a lot. The nightmare began on June of 2008. I received the second shot, and I noticed it hurt a bit more than the first. I almost cried a bit, which is very much unlike me. I got a little lightheaded at the checkout line, um... And after 30 minutes, I was fine, at least for the moment. The very next night, I told my mom I was very sick. I was crying in pain with my, from my pelvic area, and my legs were absolutely killing me. I was running a fever, and I was very nauseated. So like a parent would, she took me to the emergency room. Of course, the doctors only listened to one symptom and told me I had a stomach virus that they couldn't do anything about, and they sent me home. The next day, I was so exhausted, I slept till about 3 o'clock. My mom came home from work. I went outside. I noticed I had some kind of rash all over my body. It looked like someone took a fine point purple permanent marker and dotted it all over me. My mom immediately took me to my regular pediatrician, and he could not figure out what was on me. He ran a lot of blood work, and we went home until we could receive the blood work news. My mom received a phone call around 9 o'clock, one of the scariest phone calls she has ever received. My doctor told her I needed to get back to the ER ASAP, meaning the emergency room, as soon as possible. He told her that my blood work was critical and that the rash on me was called a petechial rash. My red blood cells and white blood cells were completely wiped out. They told me if I were to do a handstand, my gums would start bleeding and I would bleed to death, meaning her platelets were gone as well, is what I'm seeing here. Okay? If I caught a common cold, my body would not be able to fight it off and I would die. If I caught a... Um, oh, over the next six weeks, I went through so many different rashes, extreme fatigue, joint pains, leg pains, shoulder pains, dizziness, and low blood pressure. I finally went to an infectious disease specialist and he told me not to get the third shot or I wouldn't be here. That's what it, that was his high opinion of Gardasil. Don't get the third shot unless you want to die. Okay? At least he gave her some good advice. I'll give him that. I finally started feeling like I was getting better, but at the age of 15, I still had not received my menstrual cycle. I went to an OBGYN, and he put me on birth control to start my period. That's always sound. Um, that, that should have been a sign, but then we didn't think about it. I never gained my energy back. My senior year, things started acting up. I got a hemangioma on my lip, which is very strange because it is mostly babies that get hemangiomas, not adults. After that happened, I started getting very sick. I missed weeks of school at a time. I kept getting severe bronchitis. I couldn't shake it off. I also had to go to the doctor because I was very depressed. Then I was put on Zoloft. See, this is all by design. They want to do this. They want to create a weak, sickly, dumbed-down population because all of this is not going to help your brain any, so they can get you on more drugs and control you from cradle to grave, and hopefully the grave is a lot sooner, you know, in, in their eyes, because they're trying to kill us all off. So, luckily, my teachers worked with me, and I graduated with A's and B's, though. Throughout the five years after I received the shot, I always slept, never had energy, kept getting what I thought was growing pains. In June of 2012, my growing pains were getting worse in my knees and legs what she thought to be growing pains. So my mom took me to the doctor, and they couldn't really figure out what was wrong. They put me in a knee brace and gave me medicine and set me off. I also did not feel good at all, and my doctor ran some more blood work on me. 
That's when we found out I had hypothyroidism. I am still now in medicine. Um, my comment, this is what they, or Satan wants, a sterilized, sterilized, because that's one of the big things with vaccinations, is they sterilize you as well. Sterilized, because you can't reproduce. Sterilized, sickly, DNA-defiled, medically dependent population with a very low life expectancy who cannot function in society anymore, and most importantly, could do very little for God if they were ever to get saved. I know I kind of said that earlier, but I wanted to read that comment again to solidify things. So anyway, back to her article. I had eight epidural steroid injections, none of which worked. I was also just diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Oh, which is one of the most horrific things you can get. But the fibromyalgia is still being researched on me. My Epstein-Barr IG is 544, Epstein-Barr virus, okay? It's, it's only 544 when the normal is 16 or below. It's only 544. 16 or below is normal, though, okay? So she's doing good. And my blood clotting time is critical. They could not get it to clot, so they finally had to put pressure to it. I also tested positive for atypical Annika, whatever that is. I don't even know some of these things. From June 12th, from June of 2002 to now, which was August 2013, I face every day with severe pain. My pain is in my lower back, my pelvis, my hips, back of my leg, and my knee. My legs will also turn a dark purple, almost black. That's, that's normal, your legs turning dark purple or almost black. And it will travel all the way down to my feet. This poor thing, having all this stuff happen to her. I had an MRI for my back and found out that I am missing an ovary and had a mass on my uterus. A mass on... I mean, this is like some kind of... Are you kidding me? So she's got, what, maybe potentially cancer now? Maybe a benign tumor? And she's missing an ovary? Of course, when I went to the OBG at YN for it, he did a sonogram and could not find the mass, nor my ovary. He threw me off like it was no big deal. I am now lost on whether I have an ovary or a mass. Um, I have... I have discovered in this situation that doctors really will not try to help you. They just do not believe you or throw you off to another doctor if they can't figure it out. Because, you know, heaven forbid they take the blame. That's my comment. Also, I have lost family members because of this problem. Not everyone will believe you or know what you're going through. But I'm here telling you what happened to me. So no girl or boy will have to go through the misery I'm going through. I want to create something good out of something terrible. Sadly, Ashley is just one of the countless young women and men who are harmed by Gardasil. Well, they're giving it to men, too. The Gardasil shot. So that they don't get, um, because they don't have a cervix. So, they're giving it to men, I guess, just for the purely the HPV thing, so they don't get the genital warts. It's, it's insane, you know. Um, and this is just one of the many death vaccines. Just one, Gardasil. Okay, so getting back to this, um, she goes on to say, it's time to end the vaccine holocaust that is devastating our youth. It's time to end the conspiracy of silence among medical professionals, vaccine patent holders, and the mainstream media, all of whom conspire to lie to the public about the supposed safety of vaccines while going out of their way to dismiss the overwhelming evidence of harm. My comment, these are criminals that should all be in jail for causing untold pain, suffering, and murder. I mean, an outward criminal is better than these devils as untold masses go to these MDs thinking they can trust them with their life while so many, like this poor girl, find their life taken from them in a horrific way by trusting these monsters. That's my little lighthearted comment. 
So she ends by saying it's time to end the outrageous legal immunity that was granted to these vaccine companies and allow these individuals and families damaged by vaccines to have their day in court. Next report. Are polio vaccines safe? When natural immunization campaigns were initiated in the 1950s, the number of reported cases of polio following mass uh, mass inoculations with the killed virus vaccine was significantly greater than before mass inoculations and may have more than doubled in the U.S. as on a whole. For example, Vermont reported 15 cases of polio during the one-year report uh, period ending from August 30, 1954, this was before mass inoculations, compared to 55 cases of polio during the one-year period ending August 30, 1955. So, again, that's a 266% increase after the polio vaccinations were initiated. Yet, back then, the um, public uh, mass media was saying, oh no, the, the polio vaccinations have cured polio. No, it only made it go up 266% in, partic- in Vermont. It's a lie. It's a total lie. It's all propaganda. They're just spoon-feeding you what they want you to hear. Rhode Island reported 22 cases before inoculations period as compared to 122 cases after the inoculation period, which was only a 454% increase. 454, oh, they're wonderful. The modern day advent of polio vaccines wiped it all out. No, it, it made it go through the roof, actually. In New Hampshire, these figures increased from 38 to 129. In Connecticut, they rose from 144 to 276. In Massachusetts, they swelled from 273 to 2,027, which is only a 642% increase. This is all referenced when I'm giving you. You can click on the link to, to get the actual references here. Next report. This is called The Danger of GMO Vitamins. GMO Vitamins. This is from a group called Medical Tyranny. It is crucial to avoid GMO sources of any kind. Highly toxic GMOs are associated with the development of deadly diseases in animals. Now, we just talked about GMO vaccines. Okay, now we're talking about GMO. Um, well, really, sources of any kind, but in this particular case, vitamins. GMOs are associated with development of deadly diseases in animals, including endocrine disorders, digestive diseases, immune dysfunction, and cancer. Most of the studies showing poisonous effects have been feeding feeding studies in animals. And where the test animals were fed either GMO-tainted corn or soy, usually from Monsanto. That would be like a death sentence, pretty much. In some cases, such toxins induce the visible growth of tumors, often monstrous in size. In others, infertility was the result, including permanent sterility of generations. Again, it's all about sterilizing us and killing us. You know, it's a win-win proposition for Satan. So, are the GMOs a means of mass population control? Well, Bill Gates is a major proponent of the genocidal policies and is, and is a major of Monsanto, a major buyer of Monsanto's stock. Good old Bill Gates. Boy, Bill, you are going to burn. You and, you, you and your wonderful wife, Melinda, are going to burn in hell so white hot before you're cast into the lake of fire. I can't even comprehend. I can't even comprehend the punishment for you, Bill. Really can't. You know, but hell awaits, Bill. Don't worry. Hell awaits, you devil. 
These people, these people are just pure evil. They are Satan's seed. They are unredeemable. They love death. They love what they're doing. They are Satan's seed. And, and they are vessels of wrath, as the Bible talks about, fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. That's what they are. They are, the Bible talks about the wheat and the tares. These are tares. They will be rooted up cut down and thrown into the furnace in the end, okay? They're unredeemable. They're pure, total evil, okay? Generational Luciferians that have no conscience and love death and serve Satan with a fervor and passion most people can't even comprehend. So, going further, he also supports vaccinations. Obviously, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who are pumping vaccinations into Africa and to kill as many people over there who they term as useless eaters anyway. Um, there are numerous sources of GMO besides food. These sources include drugs and, incredib- and incredibly nutritional supplements. Within nutritional supplements, one of the most insidious sources is the vitamins themselves. Now, I've been warning about this for years. Okay? Um, Prominent in this regard are ascorbic acid. Oh, but that's vitamin C. No, it's not. It's not vitamin C. It's one component in its natural state. Okay? It is not vitamin C. It is one component. The vitamin C complex consists of organic copper. It consists of things called P factors, K factors, J factors, uh, tyrosine. There's other things in the complex like you would find it in an orange. Vitamin C is just the antioxidant outer layer of the vitamin C molecule that protects it. But when you synthesize it in a laboratory, it's not natural anymore. It's synthetic. It's like a drug. And now they're making the stinking stuff from GMO, I, I believe GMO corn and vitamin E. And, and you take this in, and it actually is far worse for you than if you had ever not taken it. This is why I only use whole food vitamin C. The, the, the one I, I use and the one I, I prescribe is, is the, um, the C400 by N8. Now, there's other ones out there. There's other ways of getting it. Um, you can get it from, an, obviously, citrus fruits. You can get it from stuff called Camu Camu. There's other ways to get it, okay? But... I'm just talking about it in a concentrated tablet form. And there are other there are other companies, and we're going to discuss some of them as well. So, anyway, um, prominent in this regard are the ascorbic acid and vitamin E, both of which are routinely from genetically modified sources and thus are extensive, extensively tainted with GMOs. Another noxious source is lecithin, which, like vitamin E, is derived from a highly toxic GMO-corrupted soybean. Soybean lecithin, it's the main source. Almost all soy is GMO soy. So, this is some really, really bad stuff. Of course, the GM, the GMO source for ascorbic acid or vitamin C is corn, which is one of the most corrupted crops you could get. That extensively um, corrupts this material made by Monsanto and others. GMO corn, you know, that's made by Monsanto. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a worse source of of ascorbic acid. Okay, 90%, 98% of corn crops are GMO tainted. A list of additives and vitamins and common nutritional supplements as well as foods that are likely GMO. They are lecithin, ascorbic acid, vitamin E, cornstarch, maltodextrin, glycerin, soy protein isolate. And they put soy in everything. You go into health food stores, it's in everything. 
they put canola oil in everything. They're also called rapeseed oil. I keep telling Taylor, we go into these health food stores. I'm like, hey, Taylor, look, they, they got to kill us some way. Sometimes you'll buy something one week and it'll be good. And then you go and read the label the next week when you try to buy it again. And they'll have added some type of devil GMO product in there. Or some like um, um, GMO corn or um, soy. They love to put soy in everything. They're trying to sterilize us, mess up our endocrine systems, feminize men, cause cancer, and a soy does all of those things. It's not fit for human consumption other than if it's organic soy and you eat a little bit fermented like they do in the Orient, but they don't do that here, okay? Fermented, there's enzymes that happen and, and a little bit is okay, but I still don't want to get in the habit of eating soy if I can avoid it. Okay, so other things that are tainted with GMOs are fructose, glucose, dextrose, and whenever you see these in ingredients, just know they're GMO, okay, in other words. They're getting all of this stuff from corn. Fructose, glucose, dextrose. I watched whole documentaries on the whole garbage they do to farmers where they're literally subsidized farmers. They can't grow the corn and make a profit. Unless they use the, the Monsanto GMO tainted Terminator seeds, grow it, then what happens is they, they grow it, they use it for high fructose corn syrup, uh, fructose, glucose, dextrose, and then they also use it for the ethanol and the fossil fuels. Like we don't have tons of, of other, uh, alternative fuel sources under the ground that we just refuse to tap into. Not only that, they suppress all the free energy. Um, technology as well, so we don't have access to that. So they use up all of this land growing corn so we can put it in our cars and it can ruin our cars because ethanol is terrible for your cars as well. And it's inefficient and it's, it's terrible for your engine. So other than that, it's all good. You know? So anyway, let's go further. What are some other GMO tainted things? Lactose from RGB, uh, recumbent bovine growth hormone, I believe is what that stands for, tainted milk. Casein, whey, and colostrum. And these are all from our RBG tainted milk. Okay. Also asperitine, which is basically fecal matter from microorganisms. That's what asperitine is, actually. Um, and it converts to wood alcohol and formaldehyde in the body. And formic acid, which is anstein poison. Formaldehyde is what they embalm you with. Um, wood alcohol destroys your liver. That's what, that's what asperitine breaks down to in the body. It's also a neurotoxin. So, it can be readily seen that most supplements contain such additives, fillers, sugars, and vitamins. These components are just as toxic as the GMOs in foods, and in some cases more toxic because they act as concentrates. Regarding the source of vitamin C, ascorbic acid, and vitamin E, alpha-tocopherol, see the following. Nearly 90% of all the vitamin C is made in China from GMO corn. Yum, yum, yum. Where can I get some? And, um, let's see here. And in fact, China is now the world's leader in vitamin C production. And we know that the Chinese have our best health interests at heart. You know? I mean, come on. Anyway, the IIRC, the same article also mentioned that most vitamin E is now manufactured from GMO sources. The toxicity is undeniable. The following case histories demonstrate the harm that is being caused by these noxious supplemental supplement components. Uh, case history. Mr. Mrs. G, a 30-year-old woman who suffers from a variety of disorders caused by root canals. She, she was under the care of a nutritionist for various health issues who put her exclusively on non-GMO supplements. In this particular case, made by North American Urban Spice, which just so happens to be one of the companies I just gave a link to, which they make their oregano uh, extract, um, I think P53. Uh, it's, it's really good oreg oregano 
extract, oil. So anyway, her dentist insisted that she take ascorbic acid, because always dentists know best, and also take high-dose ascorbic acid by IV, so she can get a double dose of GMO in her system, right into her own bloodstream. The nutritionist warned her against this because of his experience with the toxicity of GMOs. She, suc- she succumbed to the dentist's commands, though, and took the GMO ascorbic acid therapy. As a result, she broke out rapidly thereafter with a massive amount of highly painful canker sores all throughout her mouth and throat, even extending into the lips. Consider this. If it was this widespread, that means she probably had this reaction throughout the... Uh, throughout the inside of her body as well, possibly all along the intestinal canal. The toxicity was reversed by taking high-potency, non-GMO supplements, and notably edible clove oil and extra virgin olive oil, emulsified with propolis, wild propolis, um, and extra virgin olive oil, and wild-source natural vitamin C from camel camel berries. Additionally, I mentioned, I remember I mentioned camel camel being a, a potential source of vitamin C. There you go. Additionally, she slipped on, uh, she s- slipped, she sipped on wild juice of oregano, which helped ease and halt the pain as well as her inflammation. Praise God. Another case history. Miss S., a 50-year-old woman, a big supplement taker who normally had good digestion, no intestinal complaints. However, she began developing a disorder in her intestines which she described as being on fire with a kind of pins and needles inflammation sensation, which was highly irritating. After reviewing her issues, her nutritionist determined that she was taking several supplements with GMO-tainted ascorbic acid. All such supplements were eliminated from her diet. Instead, she was given purely natural vitamin C, whole food source made from camu camu, rose hips, and rus coraria, which are wild-sourced. As a result, all of her symptoms in her intestinal tract disappeared over a two-week period. Next case study. 50-year-old man was excited about a new low-calorie food bar made with coconut oil and soy protein. Sweetened with asperitine. Ah, a double dose of death. Anyway, as a meal replacement, he ate two a day. Within two, within two days, his entire mouth became so massively inflamed he couldn't even eat. He essentially starved for three days until the pain receded sufficiently to be able to eat again. It took two weeks for the pain, as well as the numerous canker sores, to recede. The source of the massive inflammation and canker sore formation was regarded as the combined toxicity of soy protein plus asperitine, a match made in hell. Anyway, therefore, for good health and avoidance of dire reactions as well as disease, GMO-tainted supplement additives and vitamins must be strictly avoided. Um, That is frequently difficult since sources of high-quality GMO additive-free supplements are few and far between. Yet what does this demonstrate about the supplement industry? It surely indicates that those who are fastidious about non-GMO, putting non-GMOs in their supplements and who take every precaution to avoid them in their supplements are companies which must be admired and supported. While these companies are limited, the ones that NoDisinfo.com could find, which are exclusively non-GMO, are as follows. Such companies are rare and deemed by this website as the highest quality grade A. In interviewing a number of health food stores on these incredible facts, these stores confirm that there are only a few, less than five companies, where every supplement they make is a non-GMO one. The finding will shock most supplement buyers. The following companies are grade A, where all of the supplements they produce are guaranteed free of GMOs. Grade A non-GMO supplement manufacturers. I listed innate response formulas as first. They're not even aware of them because it's a professional line. But I've been using them, and they're literally food state. Every vitamin they make. And it's 
they're, I, I believe, at the top of the list. I, I don't know any company that goes to the links they do. Um, so I give you a, a link to their quality assurance page. Then standard process, been around since 1929, professional line I've used. Uh, I give you five links, four links, why Whole Foods, organic farming, research and development, and about our company. And then North American Urban Spice, maker of 180 supplements and whole food formulas. Give you a link to their site, 100% non-GMO, including their probiotic, mostly wild-sourced and raw from wild species, herbs, and food like wild plants, high-energy stuff. Okay, good stuff. Health Force, I'm not real familiar with them, but it's they're saying they're whole food powders and high-energy. So I give you their link, too. Um, now, a list of companies which have obvious GMOs in their supplements include Gero Formulas, Now Foods, Solgar, and Solaray. Now, those are just a some. Most of them do. But just so you know, they're the ones that are, you know, really out there, and they're big companies, really big. And so you want to try to avoid them. Gero Foods, Now Foods, Solgar, and Solaray. The following link provides a listing of the non-GMO project where companies which have some GMO-tainted supplements and some, uh, some of which are free of GMOs get them tested. Note, companies which never use GMOs of any, any kind in their products may or may not be involved in such testing. Uh, there's a couple links here where you can see on, on also a statement by Gero Formulas where they openly admit they use GMOs in their products. So I guess that's something to be proud of. I'm kind of running out of time here, but I've got one more thing I want to cover. And I kind of covered this last week, last teaching, but I had two questions come in, and I want to cover it a little bit more in depth. It's regarding halal Islamic foods and the first in the First Corinthians 8 argument. Um. Dear Dr. Johnson, through your teachings I learned that halal food is sacrificed to the idol Allah. However, when I tell other professing Christians that we shouldn't eat halal food because the Bible teaches us not to eat food sacrificed to idols, they immediately point to 1 Corinthians 8, which supposedly states that we can eat that and that it's only those with a weak conscience who should abstain from it. I don't know how to respond to this and I would appreciate any input you could give me regarding this Bible chapter. Okay, I'm going to get into that. But first, my response um, is... Deborah, okay, then immediately point them to the verses below and the attachment to this email, which is a whole thing on halal food. But really, all you need is the Bible verses, okay? Because if they if they don't care about what the Bible verses say, then, you know, they're not really a Christian. So, anyway, um, I will also see, we will also see below what 1 Corinthians 8 really says. So, let's look at the Bible verses that pertain to this. Acts 15.22 through 24, says, Then pleased it the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barnabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and the elders, brethren, send greeting unto the brethren which are of, which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and and Cilicia. Okay, so this is to the Gentiles. These um, admonishments from the apostles and the elders. Okay, this is where it's coming from. This is this is New Testament Christianity. This is to the brethren which are of the Gentiles, not the Jews, but of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. For as much as ye have heard that certain which went out from us, meaning Jews that wanted to bring them back into bondage, 
Certain that went out from among us, and just read Galatians if you want to know more about that. Okay? Certain which went out from among us have troubled you with words. These Jews wanting to bring the Gentiles in under Levitical Jewish law. They've troubled the Gentiles with these words. Subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised. And keep the law. What is their, what do they say to that? To whom we gave no such commandment. Now, that means, then people come back, well, what do you mean? That means the, the, the law of the Old Testament's no good? No, I'm not saying that. The moral commandments of the law, the moral commandments of the law, meaning it's of a morality issue, like, you know, don't steal, don't kill, don't, you know what I mean? Don't commit adultery, don't covet, you know, don't commit incest. Those are, those are all applicable. Okay, those show us what sin is, like the Bible talks about, okay? But that's not what saves us, though, okay? They're saying these Jews that had come out from among them, from among the apostles and the elders in the whole church, were saying they're trying to subvert their soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. That's what they say. I mean, that's not what saves you, okay? Going to verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. What was that? Verse 29. What was the first thing that, that, that they laid upon us? Now, this is to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. These are necessary things, though. Was the first thing? Number one, that you abstain from meats Offered to idols. Don't eat foods offered to idols. Now, remember what I said before about the vaccines? Satan's in this gigantic thing where he's trying to destroy everybody for lack of knowledge. He's trying to make us ignorant of his devices so he can get an advantage of us. He's trying to get us all swept up in the strong delusion that we will believe a lie. He's trying, if he can, to get us to eat foods offered to idols. He's trying to get us to eat foods that literally have, like with what PepsiCo got caught with that Seminix thing, where they were literally using flavor-enhancing technology in from aborted babies, abort, their aborted kidneys, in order to use as flavor enhancers for PepsiCo. Seminix was working with PepsiCo to do this. And Nestle was too, and I believe they probably still are, even though they say they're not. I don't believe them. Okay? He's trying to get us to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. If he could get us to eat a whole bunch of food that had literally been halal certified, sacrificed to an idol, because when they kill a chicken, supposedly, there's, and a lot of times it's just a recording I heard, saying Allah Akbar, meaning um, God is great. No, it means Allah is great is what it means. It's still, it's a food sacrifice to an idol. Okay? I don't want to eat that chicken. I don't want to eat that cow that's, that's been done with. These are necessary things. The Bible's clear. That ye abstain from meats offered to idols. And from blood, meaning don't eat blood, don't eat meat with blood in it. Don't, so that would, you'd have to avoid a lot of the sausages. You want to make sure you cook your meat properly. <clears throat> vinegar is a great vinegar and salt is a great way to purge impurities including blood out of the meat but you need to cook it enough 
and from blood, and from things strangled, I believe the reason they would say from things strangled is because the blood stays in the meat. And from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well, fare ye well. That doesn't sound like an endorsement to eat foods offered to idols to me. I, I don't know, call me crazy. But it, it's the first thing mentioned. I understand it was a lot more prevalent back then. But you know what? With this whole Islamic Sharia law they're trying to basically, creeping Sharia that they're trying to implement, it's becoming more of a factor every day in the United States. They're trying to shove that down our throats. Okay, so let's go forward here. Acts twenty-one twenty-five. As touching the Gentiles, which believe, meaning save Gentiles, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols. And from blood, and from strangled, and from fornication. It's a reiteration of Acts 15.29. It's a big deal to God, in other words. Revelation 2.14. Here's another one most people don't bring up. But this is totally pertinent to this. This is, this is God's and kind of his assessment of, of each different church. You know, the seven different churches that he's assessing. And to this church, he says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. What was that stumbling block? To eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Here we have two of the, two of the four things mentioned in the previous things in Acts. Eating things offered to idols and committing fornication that God indicts them about. Okay? So, God has this against them because they are eating things sacrificed unto idols. Are you telling me you can find some kind of endorsement in the Bible for eating food offered to idols based on 1 Corinthians 8 alone when you have to ignore all these other verses to do that? We don't, we don't need to do that. We need to reconcile the whole Bible. Okay? So let's see what 1 Corinthians 8 says. This also doesn't seem like this is a good practice based on the verses below. I don't know how they're getting this opinion that 1 Corinthians 8 makes it okay to eat foods offered to idols. Well, maybe if you got a watered-down NIV or an ESAV or a Living Bible or some other perversion that, you know, you can get that real easy. I'm about out of time here, so I'm going to have to hurry up. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours... The Bible says, don't use your liberty in Christ for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your liberty in Christ to sin. We don't sin that grace may, be, may, may abound, in other words, okay? So, take heed, lest at any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if by any man see thee which hast knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, meaning sitting to eat food in an idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. That doesn't sound like an endorsement to me. Okay, yes, we have liberty, but we're not to use it for an occasion in the flesh. We're not to take that liberty and use it to do things that are wrong, like eating food offered to idols in an idol's temple. Because the, the brother which is weak will be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols, which obviously is wrong. 
And, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. This does not sound like an endorsement to me. But when ye so sin against the brethren, so in other words, eating in the temple, food offered to idols in, in, in a pagan temple, an idol's temple, it says, when you do this, you sin against the brethren, and you wound their weak conscience. You sin against Christ, it says. But when you so sin against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. <laughs> Not exactly an endorsement, if you ask me. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I mean, you know. Wherefore, if meat make thy brother to offend, my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh, while the world stateth, lest I make my brother to offend. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, any of them that believe not, okay, meaning they're non-believers, if they bid you to a feast, and ye are disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake, but, this is the big but, if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols. Eat not for his sake that showed it. Meaning, don't don't eat it for the guy that doesn't believe, because he's going to see you eat it, and he's going to think, oh, Christians are, are, are okay with eating foods to sacrifice to idols. That's a pretty cool thing. You don't want to send that message. It says, if any man saying to you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience sake. For your own conscience. Because you're going to have a guilty conscience if you do it. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. How on God's green earth can you get an endorsement? And there's whole, there's whole um, um, web pages devoted to this subject saying, Yeah, see, 1 Corinthians 8 says, Totally, we can, we can eat foods offered to idols. It's really clear. <laughs> you're telling me that's clear? Again, maybe if you got a living Bible, you can somehow twist the scriptures to get an endorsement out of there. This is why it's so important what Bible version you're reading. It's so unbelievably important. You know? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You want to make sure that the word of heaven you know, matches the word you have that you're reading in your hand. Okay? In the English-speaking language, the King James Bible. There, it, there cannot be two or three hundred different versions in heaven that, that, that match it. That, there can only be one word of God. Okay? There can only be one. How can there be multiple ones? There's only one true set word. Anyway, that's um, all I have for today. And I'm just about out of time, but I'll go ahead and try to close this out in a word of prayer here. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all you've given us. I praise you, Lord, um, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord, all that you've bestowed upon us. I pray, God, for your guidance and direction, for your provision, for your intervention, Lord, for your angels to go before us and to, and to prepare the way. And, Lord God, that we would be accounted worthy regarding, Lord God, to escape all the things that are coming upon this world and to stand before the Son of Man. I pray, Lord God, you help us. I pray, God, for your mercy on us. 
I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, Lord God, that you would intervene in all of these horrific uh, things that the occultists are preparing for Halloween, Lord that you would free all of these sacrificial victims, Lord God, that you would intervene in all of these situations, that, you know, Lord God, that, that, that you would prevent these wicked things from happening, that those occultists that can be saved, I pray that would be saved, resulting in this, but Lord God, that you would also destroy the wicked that will not repent, because you know the beginning from the end, Lord, and you know who will be saved and who will not, and if these wicked are just going to continue in wickedness all their lives, Lord, I pray to God they'd be destroyed, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart with glory, like your word says in Psalm 64, Lord God, for your glory and for the sake of the souls that need to be saved, we pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.